0: Okay, I'm talking with Ron. This is RPM, and we're doing a podcast on uh, You Paid What? And uh, we're looking at three different cars on Bring a Trailer. The first car is a 93 Ford Mustang LX 505 speed. We've got an 84 911 Carrera Coupe and a 2004 Panaz Esperante GTLM Roadster. Welcome, Ron.
1: What's up, Pete? How are you doing?
0: Good, man. Let's talk about this 26K mile, no reserve, 93 Ford Mustang LX kind of car that's right up your alley.
1: Yeah, I've, you know, I've had about 50 plus Fox bodies from 79 to 93 and, um, you know, unmolested like that for the most part, I saw that it had some subframe connectors and, uh, and I think that that was it on that car. I didn't see anything. Oh, I think it had lowering springs as well. <clears throat> just common mods. You know, you need to stiffen up that chassis a little bit. It's it's a bit it's a bit weak, um, being that it's a, a you know a frameless more or less vehicle. Just um, but overall, I was going to buy one like that probably about 10 years ago with similar miles. And basically, that coupe back in the day with the five-speed was quite honestly the bottom of the line vehicle in, in that lineup. The
0: well, what would that have line, cost you? About what were you what were you looking at to pay? Right
1: around, right, yeah, right around um, uh, thirteen and change out the door back Not, in the day there.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. So, um, yeah, were you surprised definitely. by this price, like? looking at it and knowing what you know about the Fox body. Um, oh, you a-
1: ten, ten, you know, 10 plus years ago when I was going to buy one just like that with a little bit less miles I think this one that I was going to buy had I think it had 12,000 miles and the guy won 13 but I wanted to give him 11. You know um, the, the the thing that makes them valuable now is more or less every every one of them has been. Chopped up and modded. So if you find an unmolested, it it sounds crazy, but you can you, obviously you know you're going to get that money. You're going to get the money for it. So not it, really, it's just the way it is.
0: Not really a big surprise.
1: Not not a big not a big surprise. Okay. Um, it it really <clears throat> it really is just going to you know just like anything else. It's hard to find something that's, that's unmolested like that, and and people are gonna pay for it. They're yeah. gonna pay for the low mileage vehicles. I have a friend of mine who, uh, a friend of mine who bought a E3 GT um, 10 years ago now, a little over 10 years ago, and I thought he was crazy when he paid, I think he paid 12 grand for it, Whoa. and it had 20 something thousand miles. How many miles, and say again? I think it had tw- I think it has currently. I think when he bought it, it had low twenties, twenty okay. thousand, 20, okay. twenty, and now it has I think upper twenty thousand miles. So they're commanding good money on like that. It's hard to to get it, you know.
0: All right, so uh, I so, guess the verdict here on RPM is uh, according to Ron, who, who's the Fox Body specialist. There's no body like a Fox Body. You're you're saying that this was, uh, this isn't. You know, this isn't stupid money. This this seems like to be uh,
1: legit. Yeah, it, it is. I am, you know, overall, I got to give it a thumbs up.
0: Okay. Let's move on to the 84 911 Carrera
1: Coupe. Mm-hmm.
0: So this uh, sold for $68,000. Mm-hmm. Literally... For five years ago, I could have bought one of these for twelve thousand (laughs) dollars. Of course, it needed Um, a lot um, twelve thousand. It needed a lot of work. Yeah. So. Yeah. um, But this one is in super super good condition. It is. let me see. I don't see the mileage. Uh, 29,000 miles. Okay. So that's yeah. another hyper low. The miles were yeah, low. Very low. Very low. It's got the H4s. Okay. Yeah. So my foray into the 911, I bought a 88 Carrera 3.2 Targa in 2006 for $16,000. <laughs> hmm <laughs> and it had 70,000 miles on it. So I'm looking at these things and I'm kind of like seeing these old air-cooled the 3.2s which was like 84 to 89 going for what yeah. I just see as crazy crazy silly money. I mean, the 930 turbos based on this are
1: going Oh, they're cr- It's. I I remember I'm going to I'm going to say 15 years ago I could have bought uh some nine thirties in the um, one of the in the early 80s there um what i think the like an 84 85 did they make the nine thirties in and 8045 yeah yeah i'm pretty sure they did yeah i am seeing i was seeing 40 50 grand yeah
0: and that seems that seemed ridiculous 15 years ago too oh it did
1: it did so. and uh, nowadays it it's insane you know Um, you're the aficionado more on the higher end vehicles, you know, you, you know more about them. Well, Um, I mean, I just, I had
0: the 996, which everybody, everybody thought was a, you know, the IMS rear seal, everybody thought those things were Mm -hmm. just, I mean, it was the best value, best, best value for dollar in Porsche 911s ever is the 996. Mm -hmm. And I still say that even though I'm lusting for a 997 with the lobster wheels. Uh-huh. Um, so I had a 2002 996 and I bought it with 39,000 miles on it in 09 uh-huh. and I sold it in I think 18 cause I had to sell it with the divorce and all that bullshit. But, uh, uh-huh. So I sold I, I sold it with one hundred and fifty six thousand miles on it, and and the only thing I ever did to that was brakes rotors, break uh, change the brake fluid. I did the serpentine belt myself, and that thing just it was just beautiful. And I sold it to a guy, and he took it, and that, that was it. That was that.
1: So well, I, I think that. What I was going to say is I think that you don't get to see a lot of high mileage, you know, Porsches like that or Porsche, whatever, you yeah. know, I guess, potato, potato, I guess. Yeah, tomato, but anyway, tomato. Uh, you, you just don't get to see a lot of high mileage. And I think that they're built so well, people should not be scared to buy a high mileage Porsche. No, I mean, you know. I think,
0: I think that's, you're right. And I think if you're going to buy a Porsche and you're going to get into them, even if it's a, whatever it is, 940, my first Porsche ever was yeah. a 944. And I bought that at Tyson's auto auction in Virginia. I think I paid four, mm-hmm. grand, four grand for it. It was an 83. No, it was an 84. It was before they changed the the dashboard. So the dashboard changed a little bit over the years. But that thing in the blizzard of '96 up here, we had a blizzard. It was called the blizzard '96. That thing was buried mm-hmm. in snow for like twelve days, and I came came right. through, got the door open, turned the key, and it just fired right up. And that thing, was, yeah, I,
1: I don't think you need. I don't. I don't think you should be afraid of it. You know, the high mileage. Uh, for a friend of mine, just bought a convertible twenty eleven from Copart nine eleven. A
0: 2011
1: uh, 911 Cabriolet. Yeah, and uh, he paid. It had I think 70,000 miles and paid 18 um, on Copart. It was a it was a denial for a repair, and uh, it it was just. It looks beautiful, and uh, it runs just phenomenal. I think he took it. Already ran it in the eighth mile and i think he got an 86 and the eighth on it so that's pretty solid
0: yeah so what did he have to do because copart as i recall copart is um kind of like salvage title cars
1: yeah it wasn't salvage but it was a denied repair so i don't know what the i don't know what the title is going to say on it um i don't think it was rebuilt or or salvage or anything like that it's just going to show you know, on your car fax, some, some damage.
0: Right, so did he have to add some money to it or, or was it already repaired when he bought it?
1: Already repaired. The, wow. the person just denied the repair and the insurance company took the vehicle back, gave him the fair amount or the agreed upon value depending on what insurance they had. And uh, that was it, yeah. Wow. So, and he actually just bought a Fiat as well, the same way, denied repair.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, we, we we were talking about the '84 Carrera Coupe that led us down a little uh, a little rabbit hole with the whole Porsche. But mm-hmm. yeah, I have to agree with you. Like, don't be afraid to get a high mileage <clears throat> Porsche. Same thing, honestly. I feel with Mercedes, um, depends. Right. It depends on the Mercedes. Um, you're more familiar with the BMWs, but I've had two of the Mercedes now and they've been pretty high mileage and, you know, you change Mm -hmm. the oil and and they just run forever. I mean, the SLK 230. I've been down to Florida like 12 times in now and that's sitting at a couple,
1: I would like to get into a, like a, even we discussed it, like an E 55 AMG. Yeah. Um, something with high mileage. Yeah. And then even get into the newer body style E63 CLS 63 AMG. Oh, AMC. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those CLSs are so beautiful cars. I would, um, I would like to see that. We'll, you know, we'll talk about that in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for those of you that are uh, new to the channel, uh, part of our, our thing is what we're looking for now. Part of the reason we're doing the podcast is Ron and I will be discussing um, the first car that we're going to pick up to uh, to – You know, we're going to modify it. We're going to to try to find something that's a reasonable price, and we're going to try to prove to the world that you can get a really cool car that you can, you know, uh, modify and tune without too much money and without spending a fortune. You can have a pretty awesome car. So that's that's the focus. And just have fun. Yeah, have fun, and that's where we're going. So we're starting out with these with a couple of these podcasts before we actually pick out the vehicle. But sounds like we're both on board with an E55 at some point, unless something really good, yeah, you know, sure. unless something, something turns our head along the, once we start doing the search. So this is kind of long term for the channel and we will be, you know, we're not sure when we're actually going to, what we're actually going to end up with, but, but we'll be talking about it in in future podcasts. Um, and this series that we're calling uh, you paid what uh, it's where we're discussing some of the recent sales of, of, you know classic exotic type cars like the Porsches the Mustangs and Lotus whatever so let's go back to our Carrera for a second and on 68,000 with the 29,000 miles what's your feeling on an
1: 84 what's my feeling on what I'm sorry would you say
0: I'm just wondering what your feeling is on the price was this did this person get a deal or did they overpay
1: you know um i'm watching a lot of the the turbo cars the turbo porsches going on like barrett-jackson and they're going they're getting crazy they're getting crazy money for those so anything that's going to be the higher end of that particular line getting that kind of money there's going to be a trickle down effect yeah and so absolutely and and so those cars that basically look the same and just have a little bit less you know for all intents and purposes the horse horsepower they're going to start commanding serious money like that and where you know you always have stories of people just getting them for cheap uh as time goes by these cars become rare and and you can just you can do different things to them and so for so the, the price I think is, is, is probably right on, right on, you yeah, know, you're going to yeah. be the aficionado more, but I think, you know, the trickle down effect is going to lend to those cars getting all the money.
0: I agree. And, and the thing that that's crazy is like, uh, let's go, what was 2006, 14 years ago. So 14, 15 years ago, these thing I'm not saying this one with the low mileage, but you know, You know, general middle of the road 3.2 Carreras were selling all day long for under 20k. People can just snap them up. So to see them, to me, I guess 15 years, you know, that's it's not outrageous, but I I feel like it's a pretty high price for an 84 Carrera Coupe, air cooled, even with the low miles, 68k. I would have Mm -hmm. thought something more like 55, 50. And, and I get what you're saying about the uh, trickle-down effect from some of the higher-end 930 turbos rolling through Barrett. So that makes sense. But, I mean, this is, eh, you know, I, I don't think the guy's on crack. I think he's all right. Uh, the bottom could fall out of the air-cooled market. But you know, mm-hmm. I think it was probably a solid buy. Depends what he does.
1: Yeah. Right, I think so, the miles are dictating it. That's a
0: good point. So I'm going to move into the Panaz Mm -hmm. Esperante. And this has been kind of a favorite, like obscure fantasy car of mine, because I know if I remember right, they have the five liter Mustang motors and uh, Panaz built built these because I guess he had to homologate for the, for Le Mans or something like that. So they had to make just so many different, um, Road cars to get into the race, I right. guess, if I understand it correct. Oh, I'm sorry. How, how long the, is uh, it? Say again?
1: I was going to say, how, how long has that body style been going on for?
0: The Esperante?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man, I think it's the only body style that they
1: have, to be honest. That they have? Okay. Well, I, I'm pretty familiar with the drivetrain. Yeah, so and it's from my uh, understanding. Yeah.
0: It's got the Ford SVT hand-built 4.6 liter double overhead cam V8. Right. And a Tremec T56 6-speed. So, that sounds like it's it sounds amazing.
1: Oh, its, it's the drivetrain is bulletproof. The drivetrain is bulletproof, period. It's um I believe the earlier models of that from my recollection had the uh, naturally aspirated 4.6 cobra
0: okay okay
1: and that particular one uh, I, I guess uh, they tr- transferred over to because that 04 would be a cobra yeah 90 304 uh, cobra um, and that is a forged internal motor so that's capable of some heavy horsepower when tuned and and um changing the pulleys and so on and so forth with superchargers. So that six speed, and if and if and if it has the rear off of the, the Cobra, it has an 8.8 independent rear suspension on it. It's very, very beefy suspension. Probably 31 spline axles on that.
0: Okay, uh, that's kind of great to me. And I don't see it listed here, but one of the things that, that I find quirky and odd about it is the gauge, the dashboard, all the gauges are in the center console. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but I, I'm not sure how I could get used to that, but I, I could try.
1: Yeah, I always, I agree with you. I, it's cool. I like the car because it's got elements, you know, the drivetrain elements that I like and it it has a good look to it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm all about it.
0: Yeah, so this one went for, it's got 9,000 miles shown and it sold for 60,500, we'll just call it 60K. Um, I'm just thinking compared to the 911, I don't know, that's that's a hard decision to make. I'm glad I don't have silly money to have to make that decision.
1: You know, the one thing we didn't talk about is production numbers. Okay. You know, um, I don't really know production I know the Mustang production numbers you know just going back to the Mustang real quick are you know astronomical Um, you know but in terms of this particular vehicle I don't know the production numbers and and I have to assume that they're pretty pretty low so um, for that car to be going in that range with that kind of miles and that indestructible more or less drivetrain and that's one of the problems that you have a lot with some of these uh, vehicles that are low production and yeah and that's a good a point of, that's a very good problem point. so you you're know?
0: talking about like like stuff like the TVRs and stuff from britain and other cars that that are low right. production that are high performance like this i think you're spot on that's a solid drivetrain you can you're not going to beat the cobra
1: drivetrain yeah, it, it's indestructible
0: yeah, so, so I don't know. Maybe it's something TVR should have thought about with their Chimera and some of the other cars. But they're, I mean, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. They're exotic looking and they're beautiful. So. Right. But yeah, that's a good yeah, that's I, a I, good point to keep in mind when you're looking to buy something like this. Is you know, if with the low production numbers, looking at the drivetrain, reminds me kind of of the Jensen interceptors that had the Chrysler motors in them and they were, you know, mm-hmm. hand built in Britain and they had a, a Chrysler drivetrain, and they're still running around today. Eventually we'll, on the podcast or even in our, yeah. even in our, uh,
1: on our videos. But those, you know, those parts for that are just easily available. Yeah. That's so another from, good point. You know, from that standpoint, yeah. You know, you got you gotta love it.
0: Yeah, so I know both of us really love the Factory 5 Cobras. So when you're looking at at the Cobra and you're comparing it to this Esperante, I don't know, for the money, the the finished Esperante might end up being the better deal even at 60k. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. I'm with you.
0: So uh, let's just yeah. do a recap. That's kind of it for today. Uh, those are the three cars. Let's do a recap. The first car we talked about was the Mustang LX 5.0 and that uh, sold for 24k. The mileage on it was 26k miles, and uh, Ron gave that a thumbs up based on some stuff. Uh, anything even else? Even
1: want? though it sounds crazy.
0: Yeah, it does sound a little crazy looking at an LX when you when like what did you say like 10 years ago you could pick them up for around 11 or 12. Are you there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Can you hear me? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Tell mama to shut it. (laughs) Anyway, that's what makes these podcasts fun. So, all right. So we'll move to the 84 Carrera. I I thought it was a little high. You gave some pretty good points as to the, uh, you know, the trickle down economic theory, which I'll buy that. So. So 68K on that. And then uh, we had a pretty good discussion on the Panas, which uh, you brought up some valid points that I hadn't really considered of the drivetrain. And, um, you know, kind of an exotic, something you, you could drive that thing every day, right? I mean, it wouldn't be an issue. Oh, uh,
1: like in terms, you know, in terms of electrical, you know, some of those, you know, some of those exotics like that have some, some, I don't know en- enough about that vehicle to, to make that determination. But in terms of a daily driver, quite honestly, with that drivetrain, um, all the power in the world, I believe that probably un- in the Cobra had 385 horsepower. Okay. So I don't know. Let me see what they're saying. Do you saying know what the here, horse
0: is that? I, I got the listing here. Oh, there have only been a thousand sold over three-year period okay. so there's your rarity right there um, yeah
1: so the looking at the 60k now it even is more significant uh, related to that's a good price
0: okay um this is just weird saying okay 420 horsepower 390 pound okay, feet so, of torque yes
1: yeah, so, so they um whatever they did at the factory, they opened that up a little bit. Yeah, because so they're they saying may have here it's increased the boost. Yeah. Yeah, they're
0: saying here that it's hundred and fifteen uh, horsepower and seventy percent or seventy pounds more torque than the base. So I'm guessing that yeah. I didn't even know there was a base Esperante. So this is the GTLM roadster. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Okay, everybody, so that's gonna wrap up our very first inaugural episode of RPM. And uh, thanks, Ron, for coming on.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.